Amen. As I told you some time ago, it's a uh, sign of a live church, a church that is alive. Amen. And God's calling some men. I want to say this a few things. I'm going to preach to these young men. Where you at, Jonathan? Come up here on the front row. I'm going to be able to look you best square in the eye, buddy. Amen. Amen. I want to preach to these young men. I'm going to take 10 minutes myself, preach to these young men. I believe that it's uh, important for me as their pastor to preach to them what the Word of God says about their calling. And uh, I trust that you've been praying for them throughout the day. Church, they need your prayers. They need your help. They need you praying. That God put a hand of protection about them and that God give them liberty. They need your prayers. That God will help them along the way. This is not an easy journey. Being saved is not an easy journey. Amen. Uh, there's a lot of ups and a lot of downs to it. Amen. But I'm glad that God gives us the Holy Ghost when you get saved. Helps through them times. And he puts you in a church. And he puts a body of believers around you to pray. And they'll, they'll help you and push you along and seek the Lord with you along the way. So turn with me in your Bibles with me tonight to 2 Timothy chapter number 3. Try my best to be very brief, very quick tonight. Give you just a word or two. 2 Timothy chapter number 4, excuse me tonight. 2 Timothy chapter number 4. Y'all don't have to stand tonight, just sit down. Amen. We'll leave you sitting, and that way these young men can come on, and we'll let them preach and, and be done. Amen. The Bible says, 2 Timothy chapter number 4, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season and out. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust they will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight. Our Father, we thank you for this opportunity, this privilege, Lord, to be here. We thank you, God, for giving us, God, Lord, the ability, God, to be able to stand tonight. God, we thank you for these young men. God, we thank you, Father, for what you've done in their life. God, what you're doing. God, we thank you, Lord, for a church, God, Lord, willing to support them and willing to help them. God, I thank you tonight, God, for all that you've done today. God, I thank you, Lord, as we feasted, Lord, off what you've done this morning. Thank you, Lord, for saving Bentley. God, I thank you, Lord, for those who were saved Wednesday night. God, I thank what you've done, God, in the days gone by. Those we got to see baptized, God, this afternoon. Lord, I thank you, Father, for the privilege, God, of seeing you in action, God, seeing you working. Father, I'm thankful, Lord, that we've seen the Word of God come to life, Lord, and I just thank you, Father, for all that you do, God, and all you're doing in our life. God, we pray for each person that's here tonight on the sound of our voice. God, I pray, God, that you'll touch them and help them meet the needs. God, I pray through these young men, God, you'd speak something that would help somebody tonight. And God, I pray, God, you'd take these young men, God, I pray you'd anoint them with the Holy Ghost of God. I pray you'd use them, God, in a mighty way. I pray, Father, you'd help them, Father, tonight. God, I pray from the top of their head, the sole of their feet. God, they get drenched in the Holy Ghost of God. Lord, and I ask you tonight, God, help us all to get out of the way. God, let you have your way. Father, we ask these things tonight in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. As a church with young preachers in it, we have a great responsibility, as I said just a minute ago, uh, not only to support them, but we have a great responsibility to pray for them and to seek the Lord's face on their behalf and to help them along the way. Their family has a great responsibility to help them and to make every opportunity possible for them. And as a church, we have that same responsibility. But Paul, telling young Timothy here in 2 Timothy chapter number 4, he says, I charge thee therefore uh, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Young men, I want you to understand tonight 
tonight uh, that, uh, being a preacher and in this calling that the Bible tells us to be not many masters for we, are, for we receive the greater judgment. Uh, my friend, the more responsibility that you have and that God gives you, this goes for these men of God, these preacher boys, this goes for the deacons of the church, this goes for Sunday school teachers. The more responsibility that you have and the more influence that you have over people, uh, the greater accountability that you have before God. There is degrees in heaven, amen, and one day we'll be judged according to what we've been given. There's been some that's been saved just a little length of time and then they slip on off into glory. They never was really given much of a job in the church, amen. Never had the opportunity to do things, amen. Uh, but those of us that are here tonight, God has given us great opportunity. You see, God's given us every opportunity to witness, amen. Now whether or not we've taken every opportunity or not, amen, that's between us and God. Uh, God's given us opportunity to preach, to teach. God's given us opportunity to witness, amen. And we'll be judged according to those opportunities. I, I, so Paul is telling young Timothy here in verse number 1, uh, my friend, to take heed to the fact that there is a judge, that uh, one day we will stand in judgment. As your pastor, I will stand in judgment for every message that I've ever preached uh, or every message that I was supposed to preach and maybe didn't. Uh, I will stand and give an account for every decision that I have made on behalf of this church. I will stand and give an account upon how I've conducted myself and how I have represented myself on behalf of this church. These young men as preacher boys, they'll give an account uh, to the higher standard, my friend, because they are looked at as an example, amen, and they're looked at in their calling as an example of what, uh, my friend, somebody as a Christian is supposed to be. Uh, the Bible tells us in 1 Timothy chapter number 4, verse number 12, I believe it is, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example. First of all, he starts out talking about let no man despise thy youth. You may say, well, Jonathan, he's a young man, amen. David was a young man when God began to use him. Josiah was eight years old when he took the kingdom and he took the throne in Jerusalem. And when he became 16 years old, uh, my friend, he began to seek the Lord's face. For eight years, God stewed in his heart and God done a great work in his heart, amen, when he was 16 years old. Uh, uh, my friend, he stepped out on faith. He went out into the groves. He cut them down. Uh, he set things in the right order according to the word of God. He began to rebuild the house of God. Uh, and my friend, he done according to, to what was right, according to uh, my friend, the word of the Lord. Uh, uh, so you say, well, preacher, they're too young. Uh, can I say, let no man despise thy youth. Uh, just because they're young don't mean they can't be used of God. Uh, I'll just go ahead and say tonight that God can probably use these youngins more than he can use us. Uh, they've got near as much baggage as we've got. Uh, they've got a clean slate. Uh, my friend, we're right. We're, our lives is cl clamored up. Uh, my friend, conglomerated. Uh, my friend, with wrong decision after wrong decision after wrong decision after wrong decision. Uh, our lives, we've got scars of times that God spoke to our heart uh, and we did not honor him. We did not heed to the call of God. Uh, but these young men are starting out with a clean slate. Uh, and yes, God will use them as a young man. Uh, but the Bible says, be thou an example of the believers. Uh, uh, my friend Jonathan, when you go to high school, be an example. Uh, James, you've got to be an example, bud. Uh, my friend, every one of us in this building tonight, we are called to be an example uh, of the believers. Uh, when somebody looks at us, what do they see? Uh, Jonathan, when somebody looks at you, will they see a preacher? Uh, James, when somebody looks at you, do they see a preacher boy? Uh, uh, my friend, that's what God uh, has called us to be. You say, well, God looks down into the heart. Uh, yes, God looks into the heart, but everybody else looks on the outside. Uh, and this lost and dying world needs to see something on the outside of what's on the inside and if you've got it on the inside there'll be no problem in it coming to the outside somebody say amen tonight listen we've got to be an example of the believers you say preacher it don't matter how I dress yes it does amen you say it don't matter how I talk yes it does you say preacher it don't matter how I comb my hair and how I do this that and another listen tonight what's on the inside ought to permeate and control the outside if you're saved by the grace 
place of God on the inside. You're living for God. You're right with God. What's on the inside ought to saturate to the outside and control every aspect of our lives. Brother I was going to teach a Sunday school lesson this morning on giving God the leftovers and what a lesson that would be. What a thought that that is. Most of the time we get God sealed up on the inside and we intend on keeping Him there. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter number 10 verse number 11, my friend not to be ashamed. Jonathan, don't be ashamed of Him on the football team. Don't be ashamed of Him when you march down the schools of Smoky Mountain High School. Don't be ashamed of Him church. My friend and I, we've given God the leftovers so long because we've been ashamed to let what's on the inside come to the outside. It's time that we be thou the example of the believers that God would have us to be. You say, preacher, why do we have to do that? Because in order for people to listen to you and to take in what you're saying, they've got to see you literally living what you're preaching to them. Gentlemen, you've got to literally live everything that you're preaching. My friend, or nobody's going to listen. Amen. You've got to be what you are preaching. When you preach on forgiveness, you've got to forgive. When you preach on love, you've got to love. When you preach on being right with your neighbor, you've got to be right with your neighbor. When you preach on salvation, you've got to make sure that you're calling an election is sure. When you preach on hell, my friend, preach it with a tear in your eye, with a burden in your heart. Preach it praying that God would save every sinner within here in a hundred miles. Amen. We've got to have, my friend, a life to back up what we are preaching. He said, preach the word. Be instant in season and out. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. My friend, there is qualifications for you to preach the word of God. The book of Titus chapter number one, the Bible says, a bishop must be blameless as the steward of God. My friend, not self-willed. Listen to that. Not self-willed. I want to say to you boys, it's not about you tonight. This is not about me. Amen. It never has been about me. There's been a few times that I've thought it was. Amen. I'll just be honest with you. And everybody in this building, you've been in that place. There's been a few times that we thought it was all about us. And my friend, we lose focus of the fact. We think that we're the only one in this world. We're the only one that matters. But in tonight, reality is that it's not about us. That we're just a little piece of the puzzle. That thank God God's decided to use. We're one of them little earths, Brother Danny, that could fit inside the sun. We're just one of them little bitty pieces. And thank God He's decided to use us. And we've got to not be self-willed and realize that it's about the Lord Jesus Christ. It's about lifting Him up high that we cannot help anybody. You young men, I want you to realize tonight I'm just going to be very blunt with you. You can't help a soul. Amen. But you get God in your heart and you can give what you've got inside of you as those disciples did when they came by the gate there at Beautiful in Acts chapter number 3 or 4 I believe it is. And that boy was sitting there. He'd been lame from his mother's womb. They said silver and gold have I none. They couldn't help him. But they said in the name of Jesus Christ and now they rise up and walk. They had they knew somebody. They had a connection for sin somebody that could help them. We've got to get self out of the way. If we don't we'll end up like that elder brother over there in the story of the prodigal son. He was the brother that never left but he was the brother that never got in. Amen. There's people in church tonight that you're here every service but you never get in. Amen. You say preacher why is that self will? The Bible tells us here in, in Titus chapter number uh, Titus chapter number one chapter number one verse number seven as the steward of God not self willed not soon angry not given to wine no striker not given for filthy lucre Amen He gives qualifications not to be self willed not to be soon angry uh, friend those times the devil's going to provoke you uh, and I'll go ahead and say he's going to provoke you uh, my friend more than he probably is your brother that's not called to preach that's still saved uh, he's going to try to provoke you because he wants your testimony Jonathan uh, he wants your 
your testimony, James. He wants your testimony. Amen. He wants to take you and run you down in the mud of this world, the muck of this world. He wants to make an example to those that ain't never been saved yet. That there ain't nothing to this thing. He wants you to get angry. He wants you to get mad. And I'll promise you tonight, He's going to give you plenty of reasons to get mad. Somebody say amen. He's going to give you reasons to get your feelings hurt. But we've got to be bigger than that. Amen. You remember those times, Mama tell you to be bigger than that? Amen. We've got to man up. Amen. There's times that we have to man up past our feelings. We have to let our feelings not get the best of us. Our emotions not get the best of us. There is times that we want to cold cock somebody right this square in the nose, Brother Bobby. Amen. But we can't do that. Amen. God didn't call us, amen, to fight in that manner. He called us to fight a spiritual fight. There's times that we'd like to run our mouth and tell somebody just exactly what we think about them. Amen. But God didn't call us to do that. He called us to preach the Word, to be instant in season and out, to reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. My friend, tonight we've got to realize that there is much at stake. You say, preacher, that's a lot to put on me. Yes, it is. It's a lot. Amen. But I want to say to you tonight that God will be a very present help in a time of need. In the times that you ain't got anything to say and you get out of the way and you say, God, I'm just going to open my mouth and let you say it. It'll flood through you like a flood. Amen. It'll come out so fast you can't get it all out. And God will do the work at the times that you become the lowest and the weakest. That's when God will become the greatest and, and my friend, the strongest. Not soon to anger, not given to wine. My friend, speaking of not given to wine, we understand that speaking of an alcoholic drink. And my friend, not given to it, not at all, none at all. That goes for these preacher boys. That goes for every person that's saved by the grace of God. Amen. You ain't got no business drinking it. Amen. I'll preach a message on that another time. Amen. There's, there's no such thing as a social drink. Amen. You need to stay clear and stay away from it. My friend tonight, but that's speaking, my friend, of your conduct and your clean, cleanliness of living tonight. These young men tonight, they are expected of the Word of God to live clean and holy and righteous and upright. To live a life, my friends, I say as an example, these young men, neither one of them has been married. That means that you've got to, you, when you have a relationship, you have to do that relationship exactly right. You have to dot your T's and you have to cross your I's. Amen. Dot your I's, cross your T's. You have to do everything in the way that this book says. There's no room to waver to the left, no room to waver to the right. Amen. If you, praise the Lord, you wait on God to send you a girlfriend, Jonathan. James, you wait on God to send you somebody because they'll get you messed up, get you fouled up and ruin your testimony. Young people, in this building tonight you listen to me you wait on God to send you somebody you wait on God to send you the right young lady you wait on God to send you the right young man and when God sends her you better pray about it and you better pray about it some more and you better pray about it some more and you make sure you get an answer from God and you don't operate in the power of your flesh your flesh will well up inside of you honey before you know it you better get a hold of God and you better lay your flesh aside amen it's good for our youngins at a young age to learn how to control their flesh because when they get to be a certain age if they're not careful the flesh will get the best of them amen and my friend this decision concerning a relationship is the most important decision in your life it's made and broke many a man of God my friend the relationship between them and their spouse there's been many a man of God that done everything he could do but his other half did not and ruined that man of God amen it's happened time and time again there's times that the man of God stood firm and steadfast how about his wife would never back him and get behind him? Hey man, listen to me. You, you boys wait on the right one. You wait on God to send you who he'd have you to send. And if he don't send one, you keep preaching the word of God. My friend Paul spoke of some, some people. My friend that never 
did marry. Amen. That's in the book. My friend, and God give them a special job to do. My friend, but you be sure that God's in whatever you do. The Bible tells us, amen, over here in Titus, amen, not to be given to wine, no striker, not given to filthy lucre. You're not in this for the money, boys. I just go ahead and tell you, amen, you ain't in it for the money, amen. You say, preacher, is it wrong to be rich? There ain't nothing wrong with having money if God gives it to you in the right way and in the honest way. Amen. But when we go to standing behind a pulpit for money, and tonight there's many that will do that. They will stand behind a pulpit for money. And I've told this church time and time and time again, and I mean it from the depths of my soul, if you was unable to give me one dime, and I appreciate everything this church is able to, to help us with, amen, but if you was unable to give us one dime and God was in it, I'd be standing behind this pulpit next week and a week after, amen, I'd do everything I could do to get here, amen, to make sure that I could preach to you the Word of God. And I believe that's the attitude that we have to have, that we must have. Amen, young men, we're not in this for the money, God. God, God will bless you and God will provide for you. God will give you everything you need. I, hey, my friend, and as you grow, Jonathan, in the ministry and, and God allows you to go out and preach other places, they're going to give you a love offering. I, hey, man, you take that while you're young and you stick that butt, stick that back and you buy you some good dictionaries. I, you buy you some good books. You buy you something, hey, man, that will help you along the way in your ministry. You put that back for the cause of Christ. I, hey, man, then when you get older, hey, man, you use it to live on. Hey, Amen. I, I listen to me tonight. We've got to realize that this thing ain't about money. I, it's not even about numbers tonight, amen I, tonight if God told me to preach to brother Alvin and Alvin was the only one here amen, it'd be my responsibility I'd stand and give an account to preach to brother Alvin amen, if God told me if it was just brother Alvin and brother Ira sitting here and I was supposed to preach to them, amen, it would be my responsibility to preach to those two just as much as it would be to preach to 200 amen, so young men I'm saying all that to say this God opens up a door for you to be able to preach to two people, you preach to them amen, God opens up a door to preach to one person, you preach to them, God opens up a door to you to preach to your bedroom wall honey you rear back and you let it loose and you preach to that bedroom wall you don't know who's going to be standing on the other end amen you don't know what God's going to do amen and there's times amen that God's going to fill you up amen and you're going to feel like you're about to bust and you're going to think amen that there's going to be a whole crowd full and there's just going to be a few you give them what God's given you and the time that God gives it to you and I promise you in heaven your reward will be just as great as the mega churches amen it's not about numbers we need to let God work worry about the numbers. Amen. God will put them in the house of God as it pleases Him. God will do the numbers worrying about. And listen to me, you've got to have a burden for lost souls. A burden to see people saved. But in the same respect, you can't do the saving. Amen. You've got to realize that you cannot save anybody. You couldn't save yourself. Amen. So it's your responsibility to mind God. And when you mind God and you get in tune with God and you line up according to what God wants you to do, God will do the saving. Amen. God will do the drawing. God will pull them to the altar. God will get them down the old fashioned altar under Holy Ghost conviction. They'll get saved by the grace of God. My friend, this is not about a mythology or a psychology. Preach the word, be instant in season and out. The main thing I want to tell you tonight as I close, I want you to get in this book and stay in this book. I want you to find you a Psalms 91 secret place. Amen. I preached a message at Bible school down there at Wilmot on that secret place out of Psalms 91. And the message was so scattered, Brother Ira, it probably didn't help nobody but me. 
Hey, man, but God showed me something about a secret place some time ago that every single one of us need to have, and you preach your voice especially, you need to have a secret place. You need to get along with God. You need to get in God's Word, and you need to read a little and pray a little. Read a little and pray a little, and let God reveal unto you the things of the Word of God that no man can ever reveal to you. My friend, you get stuck on something, and something intrigues your thought and intrigues your heart, and you don't understand it. You read it, and you pray about it, and you read it, and you pray about it. It may be weeks down the road, days down the road, moments down the road, but God will give you what you need out of that Scripture. Amen. But having that secret place, just you and God, communing you and God, my friend, it's very important in your ministry, and it's important, church, in your life also. My friend, tonight, preach the Word. Get in that secret place. Get in that this book. The Bible tells us to study to show thyself approved workman needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of Truth. You be careful with this book. Amen. It's a two-edged sword. Amen. It cuts. Amen. You go to uh, uh, wielding this thing around. Amen. It can be a very dangerous thing. But when it's used in a skillful master's hand that has prepared himself to use this, my friend, it can do a crucial work. My friend, study to show thyself approved. A workman that needeth not be ashamed. There's work in studying the Word of God. There's nothing easy about studying this book. I was talking to somebody the other day and I remember when I first started teaching Sunday school. I just got saved. I was running from the call to preach. My friend, I was teaching Sunday school. I'd study, Brother Ira, probably four and five, six hours for one lesson. I mean, I'd study hours and hours and hours on end trying to get it all pieced together. And there's still times that we study hours and hours on end just for one little thought, just trying to work it out, just trying to make sure that's where God wants us to be. Just reading maybe one verse of Scripture. There's been times that I'll read one verse of Scripture maybe for an hour, Brother Bobby. Just read it and pray and read it and pray and just making sure that's where God wants us at and making sure that I've got it in my heart like God wants us to have it in our heart. You see, if God don't burn the message in your heart, if God don't burn it in your heart, you'll never be able to preach it. My friend, to a lost and a dying world, amen, you'll never be able to preach it with fervency and with power. But when God burns it in your heart, honey, you'll be able to preach it and it'll help somebody, amen. Preach the Word, be instant in season and out. Never forget that you are called, you're not called, my friend, to be a counselor, amen. That does come along at times with a job, but that's not your calling. You're not called to be a social butterfly, amen. Sometimes we're expected to shake hands, amen. But that's not our calling. You're called to preach the Word. You're called, amen, to write her back and let the Holy Ghost of God use you. You're called to be in this book and to know this book from cover to cover. You're called to rightly divide this book. You're called to preach the Word. My friend, to tell them about Jesus, to explain the truth of the Scripture. That's what you're called to do. And I love you, young man. I appreciate you. And I appreciate what God's doing through you. And I'm looking forward to what God's going to do in the days to come, church. And as I said a minute ago, it's our responsibility. Don't you forget that, church. These young men, God's put them here in this church for a reason. God don't make any mistakes. God, don't put, God didn't put you here. God didn't put you here. God didn't put me here. God didn't put them here by making a mistake. Amen. God put them here for us to be a help to them in every way that we can. Sunday school teachers, it's your responsibility to help these young men. Amen. Amen. Young men, it's your responsibility to be in Sunday school. Amen. Amen. It's your responsibility, church, to pray and to seek God on their behalf. These young men, they're going to make mistakes. Amen. It's going to happen. I'm going to make mistakes. I've made them. I'm going to make them again because I'm human. 
We try our best to follow God, but every now and then we just get off off in the flesh and get off ourselves, and we do things that we just shouldn't do, brother. Hey, man, we make mistakes. These young men are going to make mistakes. We cannot crucify them for their mistakes. Amen. But we must lift them up in prayer and pray that God help them and God touch them. So, brother Jonathan, if you're ready, brother, you come on and you pray for him as he comes. You pray that God use him and God touch him and that God do a great work in him. Amen. Amen.